0: You're listening to Impact Hiring Solutions with
1: Brad Remillard and Barry Deutsch, only on L.A. Talk Radio.
0: Welcome, everyone. Uh, My name is Brad Remillard, and I'm here with my partner, Barry Deutsch. You're listening to another installment of our weekly radio show every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. On L.A. Talk Radio, you're listening to Impact Hiring Solutions Live, where we discuss all the issues uh, that impact hiring. That's the focus of this show. That's the focus of uh, Barry's and uh, my background for the last uh, 30 years. And we focus on both sides of hiring. Hiring is the flip side of the same coin. On the one side, you have companies that are often frustrated about hiring people. And you flip that same coin over and you have candidates that are frustrated with the hiring process that they're going through to find that job. So on Impact Hiring Solutions Live every Monday on LA Talk Radio, we try and take some of the mystery out, give you some of the tools and recommendations that we have used over our 30-plus years of uh, recruiting together, Barry and I, and try and bring those solutions. And we try and rotate between hiring managers and candidates. Recently, we've done a number of shows on hiring salespeople and what companies can do to alleviate some of that frustration on hiring sales. And those programs, if you're interested, are on our website. You can download them at ImpactHiringSolutions.com. They're free and all of our radio shows get posted there. So if you want to find a previous show, you want to learn about LinkedIn and hiring from LinkedIn, social media hiring, sales? Just go to our impacthiringsolutions.com dot com website, and all those radio shows are there. And the same with the comp- with hiring comp. I mean, sorry, with candidates. If you're frustrated with hiring, you're going through this process, it's frustrating. You're not getting the leads you want. You're not finding the getting able to get into that hiring manager. You're thinking your resume is not right. Uh, maybe the way you're finding jobs or your brand isn't right. Again, on our website at ImpactHiringSolutions.com, you can find all those solutions. Uh, go to our website. And there are all our past radio shows. So we post all of this there to help you. If you want to participate with us, you're welcome to do that. You can give us a call at 818-602-4929. And right there, you can... Give us a call, talk about us. If you have questions or issues that uh, we're talking about and you want to participate, just give us a call. You can also participate by emailing us at uh, info at infoimpacthiringsolutions.com and we'll do our best to get your, read your emails and get them on the air. Today we're going to talk about the candidate. As I mentioned, we've done a number of shows recently for the hiring. Companies are hiring managers and dealing with issues around salespeople and around social media to hire and find people. So today we're going to do the other side of the coin and talk about candidates. Uh, This program that we're going to do today, which is kind of titled, Is Your Job Search Stalled?, emanates from a recent poll that we did. Uh, On LinkedIn, I conducted a poll on LinkedIn and I just asked one simple question. I asked the question, how long have you been unemployed and looking for a job? Simple question, and I gave different time frames for people to answer. Under 60 days, you know, one to three months, I think nine months, and then over a year. And somewhat the results were expected, but a little surprising in that over 50%, I think it was around 51%, said their job shirt, they've been in the market for over a year. And I think they were just to put this in context. Uh, there were about nine hundred and fifteen or nine hundred and twelve something responses, uh, and uh, obviously it's non-scientific. We didn't we didn't go out and make it a scientific poll, but anecdotally, I think it gives a real good flavor for the market. Uh, LinkedIn is primarily professional level people, so you can also kind of extrapolate from this poll that the professional level person. 51% of those people out there, their jobs have stalled, and so we want to talk about some today, give you some ideas, some techniques, some flavor, I guess, if you will, of what you can do to unsolve, un- unstall that that job search and maybe even kick it into high gear. Uh, the worst thing you can do is give up, which many people have done, and we want to talk about that. But our goal today is give you those tools, some tools and ideas that maybe will help you change your job search, particularly if you're one of those people who have been in the job market for over a year. Uh, Barry, you want to jump in and give us any thoughts or comments, some context to this? Well, I think this is by far one of the.
1: Worst job markets you and I've seen, Brad. And you know, if you and I've been doing this now for twenty-five or thirty years. It's it's by far out of the five or six we've been through, one of the worst. Um, and all the things you read in the paper indicate it's probably the worst job market recession uh, downturn since the Great Depression. And the scary news is is beginning to read the papers and the economic headlines that, that talk about a potential for a double dip recession because the job market doesn't seems to be floundering to some degree so if you thought you've been working hard for the last year on your job search you know my recommendation is you're probably going to have to double down a little bit especially if we don't see a dramatic improvement in that market uh, but I do think there are a number of things that most job candidates at an executive and managerial level are not doing that is, and, and you know, probably one of which is not effectively using LinkedIn uh, as just one small little trite example um, that is causing them to have extended job searches beyond a four to six month range. And as you said from your survey, that are now into 12 months, and, and pretty soon it's going to be 18 months. I'm not sure how anybody could survive for 18 months and be out of
0: work. Yeah, it's tough, and uh, and I think people give up. And I think I think part of the process, and I've I've written on this. Uh, I think most candidates. One of the biggest issues with candidates right now, as I I deal with them, is so many candidates' job search is at best seventy percent accurate, and they fumble through this rather than really getting coaching and counseling. I know that. Uh, the people that I've coached and worked with one-on-one, uh, I'm at a batting rate right now of people finding jobs in under three months. Uh, now, that doesn't mean that I'm a great coach. It just means that uh, they're willing to invest in this so they do, so that they are 100% effective. And it's not just LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn is a great tool, but it's just one tool in this, as they say, quiver. Uh, it's just one arrow in this quiver that you need to be doing. And I find that candidates, unfortunately, just aren't at the level of really doing what they need to do 100%. And I can tell you, in this market, if you are not 100% effective, efficient, and on top of the world, uh, you are not going to find a job. It is just too competitive out there right now to – to be 70% effective. You can't do anything. You couldn't do your job 70% effective and be a top performer. If you want to be a top performer in the candidate pool, you better be 100% effective.
1: So why don't we cycle through a little bit, Brad, of some of the key points or, you know, job search effectiveness um, the candidate should be taking a look at at an executive managerial level to get their job search back on track and maybe dramatically start to reduce the time. What do you find, Brad, in your personal coaching with candidates where you're helping them through their job search? What do you find to be the number one or two most significant issues of why most job searches are stalled and People just aren't getting enough job leads, job referrals, you know, at bats in terms of phone interviews and physical interviews.
0: Yeah, again, I think it goes back to it's, it's, it isn't any one thing, it is a series of small things. Uh, and that's why they're 70, 80% effective. It's like any, the devil's in the detail. Uh, one of the things that I would tell you right now is I think. Every candidate listening to this, every person is going to download this from pod, our podcast or going to download it from uh, the radio show or our website. The first step is going to our website and downloading our free uh, job search self-assessment tool. You can get that Impact Hiring Solutions. scroll to the bottom of the homepage, and you'll see it right there, job search uh, assessment tool. And why is that so important, Barry? Because you and I have put that together to help candidates identify the eight criteria that every person must do well in a job search. And step number one is to identify what the problem is. So I step back and I start talking about candidates and trying to understand what their job search does, and I basically go through this eight-factor form. I find those areas where they're weak. Is it that they're not getting a lot of – not getting responses to their resume? Okay, well, that sets up a problem. Maybe your resume isn't effective. Maybe where you're sending it isn't effective. Then I'll step back and say, okay, let's say, okay, you re- you're not getting a response to your resume. Well, that's one of two problems. you got a resume problem or you're not sending it to the right place. Let's talk about how you're networking. And what I find continually, one of two things. One is they've stopped networking because they're burned out. And they'll say to me, Brad, I've done the networking. i for the first six months, I went to networking groups. I was meeting people every single day. I was giving out my resume. I've got a list of 1,200, uh, 1,300 people in my resume. I was, it was costing me a fortune in coffee, breakfast, meetings, networking groups, associations. I'm paying 25, 30 bucks, 10 bucks every time I go. Uh, and I just, it wasn't working. I gave up. Well, of course it's not working. Because you're not networking properly. So we found a problem right off the bat. One of the reasons that your your resumes aren't getting responses to is you're not networking the right way. You're completely doing it wrong. You're working on volume, not quality. So the step is we step back and we change how they network. If they're getting a lot of responses to their resumes, people are picking up the phone, calling them, but they're not then getting the next step when well, I got another set of problems. Resume's working, but maybe the phone interviews are working. So we work on the phone interview. And you can see how one thing leads to another, Barry, that if they're not doing everything proper along the way, there's going to be a disconnect. And we can talk about those different issues. Let's take LinkedIn. You mentioned LinkedIn earlier. How many people are finding you on LinkedIn when you go to your homepage or profile, it says X number of people have, you've appeared in X number of searches and X number of people have looked at your profile. Okay, well, if you're not getting anybody looking at your profile, you got a whole problem there is you may have a great profile, but as we talked in one of our earlier programs that people can download it from our website, having a great profile but not getting found is absolutely worthless. So then we go back and we for lack of a better word, SEO or search optimize their LinkedIn profile. So we get that number up and now the number of people looking at that profile goes up. So it is a process and you have to pinpoint it. But I think we can talk about some specific things. Networking, LinkedIn, maybe interviewing are some of the key things that I would say I would focus in on in this short period of time to help people begin to improve responses and networking is a big one. Long answer to a short question.
1: I like your point about it's not one major thing that causes people to fail in their job search or force their job search to be extended. It's, you know, the, the devil is in the details. I mean, and, and as many of our readers know, I coach girls' high school basketball. And that's our recurring theme is, you know, you know, it's not that you have one or two girls that are superstars or somebody does something amazing during a game. It's that everybody executes along the plan, the path, Uh, They take what they've learned, their knowledge, and they apply it effectively. And, and, you know, the question that I always think about, Brad, is this is pretty common knowledge. If you're a professional and executive, you're used to putting a plan together, working your plan, having plan B, corrective action, building gap time, doing research, understanding what you're doing, using metrics, standards. But when it comes to job search, people just kind of willy-nilly go at it. Um, and, and cross their fingers and hope for the very best, and then wonder why they're still employ- unemployed a year later. They don't, they don't bring a process mentality to the approach of doing job search. Why, why do you think that's the case?
0: Well, I think they do it the same way they've always done it. First off, many people have never been in the job market. More and more people are unemployed for the first time, and so they've never done the job market. So they use the old-school techniques that worked in – You know, nineteen nineties. If you've been unemployed a long time, they use techniques that worked in two thousand one and two thousand two recession when the uh, you know dot com bubble popped. Uh, They they think they're doing the things, and again, they haven't adapted, or they just aren't even familiar with the new way to do a job search today. They, I mean, I interview hundreds of candidates, as do you, Barry, Um, and I can tell you in my. AASE website, I mean, AASE group of executives, and there's, uh, you know, 50 to 100 executives in this networking group, and you can look at the website on AASE.us. Uh, all these executives, many of in them into the job for the first time, do you know what their definition of networking is? I mean, Basically, their concept of networking is meeting a lot of people, getting out, meeting a lot of people. They have no concept. None. And I don't even mean 70%. I mean zero. Concept. Their concept is how many people can I meet? Now, when you step back and you tell them and you hit them with the concept, it, it, it changes instantly. It's so obvious. They get it. Networking has nothing to do with how many people you know. How many people you know in networking is absolutely 100% irrelevant. Now, I tell them that, and they step back and say, oh, wait a minute. That's not what I heard. That's not what I've always been told. And I will tell them, networking is about how many people know you. How many people know you that can sell you, that can market you, that when a recruiter, a hiring manager, an email comes by and says, I'm looking for a person with X, how many people know you so well that they're going to refer you? Give you an example. Last week. I sent out an email to my network telling you I'm doing a, helping a client with a search for a director of Marcom, marketing communications. So the key isn't how many people know great directors, how many people a great director of Marcom knows. The key is how many people know a great director of Marcom to refer. And that concept, most, uh, Candidates, when they go into recruiting, it's, i got to meet a lot of people. i got to meet a lot of people. i got to meet a lot of people. So they meet a lot of people. But none of them know a day later, remember this person, so when they get an email a week later saying, who do you know, they've completely forgot the person. The concept of every candidate listening to this broadcast should have at least 50 to 100 sales reps in their marketplace is totally foreign to 100% of executives that I dealt with. I think that's one reason why they're in the job market so long and why they make these – they've got to completely ask backwards from the way it has to be done today. Well, let me throw out a different example, and then
1: I think what we should do, Brad, is take our uh, – that we're, we're urging everyone to do to take our eight-point success matrix for self-assessment of your job search – And the plan you're going through in your job search, maybe we'll just quickly cycle one by one down it just to give people a flavor for it. And and again, I can't emphasize enough. Go to our website. Is it on the bottom of the website under what's new, Brad? Yeah, it's in the what's new section down below, yeah. So down at the very bottom, you'll see a link and it says, take the free eight-point assessment of your job search. Download that thing. Mark it up. You'll instantly know, am I doing a great job on this or are these some key areas that I need to focus on a little bit better? Here's an interesting statistic. Brad and I, we've had this out now almost for a full year. We put this out a year ago. Over 2,000 people have sent us their self-assessments. Less than 10% of the 2,000 over the last year were what I would call – meets the minimum requirements for an effective job search plan, less than 10%. That's, that's a frightening statistic. And again, I think it's one of the reasons that people – it's not one thing you do. It's all these things have to be in line. Let me give you a different example from what Brad mentioned. I'm doing a search right now for a national accounts manager position for a food service company, and we're interviewing candidates with my client. I've interviewed the candidate. I've dug into their details. They've got a great background. They've got great accomplishments. My client comes on the phone to do the phone interview, and the candidate horrifically blows the phone interview. Never will he have an opportunity to get face-to-face with this company, and he's been out of work for over a year. He's actually got a very good background, not able to relocate. Perfect situation, right compensation level, and he's not even going to get the bat because he blew the phone interview. How did he blow the phone interview? He tried to wing it. He wasn't prepared. He didn't understand what goes on in a phone interview. He didn't realize it was a true assessment of his background. And no matter what I said, prepped him for gave him ideas and thoughts before that phone interview, he walked into that phone interview having done nothing but spent a couple of minutes on Google researching the company and pulling the company's name up. And he deserved to fail as a result of that. I'm going to suggest that if you've been out of work for a year and you get the opportunity to get a phone interview, you better have a process in place that enables you to nail that thing And at least 75 to 80% of the time, get to the next stage, which is being invited in for a physical interview. If you don't, it doesn't matter what else you've done in networking, prepping your resume, understanding your accomplishments, if you can't even make an effective presentation
0: in a phone interview. And and interestingly enough – yeah, go ahead, Brad. Oh, I was going to say, picking back up, that's a great example because now what that candidate should be doing is stepping back as part of the – figuring out what am I doing wrong concept and should be thinking to myself, okay, I'm getting phone interviews. I'm not getting to the next step. Exactly. So my resume's working, my networking's working, my companies are working, people want my background, what's going wrong? The phone interview. So now as a coach, you step back and you focus on the phone interview and you get this person past that next step. That's where candidates need to really step back and say, okay, why am I – from the point of I'm not getting any leads – okay, to this person's case. I'm getting up to bat, but I'm striking out, and that's where this analysis should take place.
1: Well, I mean, that's, that's probably the most popular chapter of our job search workbook is winning the phone interview so you can even get to the proper stage of being met, you know, someone meeting you face-to-face. In fact, if you're listening to this call, you can download That chapter, which is our most popular chapter, for free, read it. I I guarantee it. just on the first page alone, there'll be three nuggets of great information that you're going to want to slap yourself in the forehead and go, I can't believe I didn't think to do this in the phone interviews
0: I've done in the past. Well, a lot of them, the fun part about that, Barry, too, is we get back all the time. Oh, I already know this stuff. I already know this. Well, that's interesting, because if you already know it, and you're getting phone numbers and blowing it, obviously you're not doing it. So now it's like you coaching basketball. You're, the girls that you coach back know that this is the way you're supposed to do a play or know, I don't know anything about basketball, so yeah. know they're supposed to do something. The question is knowing it. The question is can they do it? And I would say most candidates take stuff, read it, say I know it, and then never do it. Or think they're doing it. So now you're back to execution, which I bet if you went back to this guy that, that you had that blew this phone of you, read that chapter, he would probably say, oh, yeah, I'm okay, I didn't do this one thing. But, yeah, I'm doing – I know all this stuff. The question is you'd come back and say, you know what? You got to try doing it. Practice it. Rehearse it. Update it. Get it done properly so you are prepared. It's It's
1: borderline – humiliating. In fact, I'm at the point where I'm almost ready to recommend to every single candidate that I meet and talk to that before I'm willing to talk to them, they read that chapter on phone interviewing because I find the vast majority of phone interviews are a waste of time for me because candidates aren't prepared. They don't have their facts lined up. They're not ready to engage in a deep discussion of results and outcomes and deliverables. They're just
0: winging it like my background speaks for itself. Well, that's another one. I mean, you look at it that's a huge one. My background speaks for itself. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, that may be true. If your background spoke for itself, then there'd be no reason for an interview. They would just pick up the phone and offer you the job. So your background obviously doesn't speak for itself. There's a lot of other speaking that has to get done. That's why we have interviews. Another great ex- reason why um, there's a problem with this whole process is and candidates don't adapt well to that, and hence – I think that's that's why they're in job search so long. This guy may you know be perfect for the job, but just blew an opportunity and now he's going to be i mean and think about it this economy you miss one job search when will another one how long might it be before another one comes up right. you know you may not get to bat for another three, four months. You can't afford to blow something wherever it may be, miss an opportunity because you're not networking properly, uh, not get at bat because your resume isn't isn't focused, and we've done – I don't know how many programs we've done on resumes, and articles are written on resumes on our website, impacthiringsolutions.com, or they blow the phone interview, they don't follow up properly, they don't have the right cover letter. All these little tiny th- dynamic things that go on in a job search, Barry, that you and I, as experts, know need to be done, these candidates don't do or do seventy percent of the- effective. And
1: I, it'd be interesting to do a survey, Brad. This might be an interesting survey, um, and, and I'm kind of throwing this out to our readers too, or listeners also, is to ask if you looked back over your job search last six, nine, twelve months. Of all the phone interviews you've had, what percentage moved to
0: a physical interview? Yeah, that's an interesting uh that's an interesting poll, yeah. I bet it's a lot less than you think. Okay. I, I would like so to, I'd like to yeah. same thing with LinkedIn. How many people look at your profile uh and how many calls do you get?
1: I, I wrote a recent blog on this, Brad, after you did the uh, uh the webinar on how to get your LinkedIn profile up high in the search results that recruiters, human resource professionals, hiring managers are conducting when they're looking for people just like you um, and, and I basically threw out the ideas as, as a statistic on average, if you're doing a really good job of op, you know of, of having a good profile, doing all the stuff on LinkedIn you should be doing optimizing your profile for searches that are done within the LinkedIn community. You ought to be getting – at, at least your name should be coming up 25 times a week. In, and I'm talking about for, for typical searches. If you've got a very esoteric job or role, then maybe it's not going to be so much. But on average, you, you ought to be your, – your profile should be appearing about 25 times a week if you're doing a really good job of this. And at least at least 50% of the time, your profile should be viewed. And what I find when I talk to candidates is they're seeing numbers that are things like my name came up six or seven times over the last week in a search and one or two times my profile was actually viewed. And if you're only seeing those kind of numbers, you can forget about recruiters, human resource professionals, HR managers, ever, you know, uh, hiring managers ever finding you. And the interesting thing is – LinkedIn has become one of the most viable recruiting tools that most recruiters and companies are using to source talent today.
0: Well, when I did that webinar, uh, in talking to people as I was thinking about doing the webinar, the reason for the webinar and the the catalyst behind the thought process of the webinar was uh, previously I had done a webinar on building a great profile and Prior to doing that webinar, I, I did a couple of polls about how would you, I mean, how would most people rank their webinar? I asked people, how would you rank their webinar? How would you rank your I mean LinkedIn your profile? profile? Yeah. Yeah. How would you, yeah, how would you rank your profile? Poor, good, excellent, whatever that might be. A lot of people wrote me back and said it was good. I wrote them back and said, I, okay, if they asked me for their opinion and say, Brad, my, I think my profile is good or excellent, what do you think? I'd rather them, write them back and say, I think it's poor. You're missing A, B, C, D. You don't have this on there. Most of them don't even have contact information on there. I said, I don't see this. They came back and said, wow, I never thought about that. So I did a webinar on, okay, let's teach people how to do it. Then after I did that, people started saying, well, I got this great profile, Brad, but nothing's happening with it. And I thought, well, duh. Do you have it optimized so that people can find you? I mean it's like having a website. How many people put up a website and then don't optimize it so anybody goes to it? So now the callus became. How do you get more people to come to your website? I mean your profile, because if you have a great profile, but nobody's finding you because it's not optimized, or you're showing up on page fifty, nobody's going to see it. So and now, so candidates a weren't even thinking about how to get a great profile. They just put up anything, and then b. So that, let's say that. Let's say you get a great profile. Let's go back to the seventy percent concept. You go back and you get a great profile. Okay, you're 70% effective on LinkedIn. You didn't take it to the 100% to optimize it so people will not only find you, but your profile is so compelling. They'll click on your profile. There you go. Candidates think, well, I got a good profile. They don't take it to the next level of that last tweaking to go from that 70% effective to that 90% effective and think about, oh, I better optimize it so people – Find it. So again, another mistake, albeit a minor one, using LinkedIn by not having it effective. So again, candidates don't aren't optimizing their search effectively.
1: Well, let's take a little break here for a second. And then what I'd suggest, Brad, is we just very quickly hit all the different points on that matrix. So... Um People can get a feel for, for some of the different elements of, of what goes into an effective job search. Uh, there, there are some resources that we have on our website that will help you to dramatically reduce the amount of time it takes to find a great opportunity. One of which is what you're doing today is you're listening to this, this radio program. And, and we take every one of these radio programs that we do almost every other week on Job Search and we post them to our website. They're on iTunes, our website, they're on LA Talk Radio Live. You should be listening to every one of them. There are great nuggets of of tools, techniques, methods, strategies, ideas that you probably haven't even thought of that you want to slap slap yourself upside the head that that you haven't even started to use some of these things. Brad and I write a blog three, four times a week. We've got articles going up on effective job search. You should be reading that religiously. Um, there are a number of templates that you can use on our website. These are all free resources. You can download a, a, a template to assess your LinkedIn profile. Uh, you can download a template to assess, like we're talking about today, the effectiveness of your job search. We've got examples, illustrations of cover letters. Uh, Brad and I probably have assembled what is one of the greatest Repositories, archives, uh, 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 libraries of free tools that you can use to improve your job search. Now we also have a number, a whole e-commerce section to our website, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that our book. We have a home uh, uh, study kit where you you know that takes you through hours of audio, video, templates, tools, step-by-step exercises to improve your job search. We have a resume kit uh, uh, that you can download. Um, so, so there are a number of tools there that, that you can use that are both a little more rigorous and intensive and, and, and uh, step you through it, or you can download some of the free tools and try to sort of do it on your own. Um, regardless, there's a tremendous wealth of content and information available. One of the things that I do when I talk to candidates in their job search is I ask them – what are you doing to become more effective in your job search? And probably 95% of all executive and manager of candidates I speak to aren't doing squat. They're not reading books. They're not following best practices. They're not downloading free samples of cover letters. They're not taking advantage of blogs like ours that are being written, listening to radio programs. And and the reality is if you're not – As Steve Covey talked about in the mid 80s when he wrote the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, if you're not sharpening that saw on a continuous daily basis to get better at your job search, you know, literally you don't deserve to get a job right now. That's why I think so many people are out of work for so long. They're just, they're using, as Brad talked about at the beginning of our program, techniques that were effective in the 1980s and 1990s, but that entire approach has changed today. Brad, any thoughts or comments before we, we jump into the, the matrix itself? I'm not sure if uh, my partner Brad is still with us. He may have dropped off. No, I'm line. here.
0: No, I'm, oh, okay. I'm here. Just I had just it on mute. Um, I think one of the things that uh, candidates should do is uh, find one or two resources that they trust, that they feel uh, – targets or helps with them, and then engage that resource extensively. Whether it's us or some other, there's many, many sites out there. There's many, many resources out there. But candidates can also get information overload. Uh, one of my biggest complaints about candidates is they go to other candidates, and they go to other people looking for a job for career job search advice. And I don't understand what they think their opinion is better than anybody else. They'll get their opinion on their resume. They'll ask them what they're doing. They'll ask them about how they've done things. Now, there's a, there's a small learning curve there. I, there's some value there. But the reality is you don't get professional advice from amateurs. They're just struggling as much as you are. So I highly recommend – there's so many resources on the internet right now that – Candidates should go online, find one or two or three great resources. Maybe it's on branding. Maybe it's on networking. Maybe it's on resumes. Maybe it's on just general career advice. And engage those people, and those are the experts. If you've been following them, if you've been reading their blogs, listening to what they talk about, attending some of their webinars, you trust them. Then move to the next step and engage them at whatever level they engage you at, whether it's just free or not, and use them as a resource and their expertise instead of the amateur's expertise. That, I think, will really unclog a lot of people's job search because they'll identify the one or two things they're doing wrong, and they may find a launch pad going forward that takes their search to new heights because they've now reached out and got expert advice from resources that they trust. Okay, well,
1: let's uh, jump right into our matrix. We have about uh, 15 minutes left in our program, um, and I thought, maybe Brad, maybe we just hit a couple of highlights from each of the eight core elements of having an effective job search. The first of which is you need to develop a detailed description of what your future position looks like. Brad, maybe you could
0: address this one. I think it's critical because now you should write a job description. Companies write job descriptions. Where's your job description? It's one of the first things I do with companies. How do I know where you're going to go and what your strengths, what your weaknesses are, where you want to go, what you bring to a company if you don't have a job description? And no candidates are like, huh? So when you sit down in front of a company and they say, well, what do you want to do? You can hand them your job description. What does it look like? That was the whole concept behind the book that we wrote, and it's titled "This Is Not the Position I Accepted." That's because candidates tend to just want anything, and as I say in the book, you know, if it's a financial issue, all bets are off. I, I understand financially; you got to take what you got to take to make the mortgage, pay the kids, uh, you know, food bill, and move forward. I'm talking about candidates that just go in blindly, look at a job, and think, "Boy, it sounds good. I think I'll take it." Then they take the job, they get in there and they realize, oops, maybe it's not everything it should be, and they're into turnover again. That's why turnover happens. So the first step is, what is the job you want? Define it. Outline it. Put the duties, the tasks, the responsibilities, some of the challenges. Uh, Do you want management or non-management? Does it have to be a certain level, certain size companies? That's going to help you get very focused on the kind of targeted markets you want to go into. And therefore, as I often say, as we often say, Uh, In our blogs, Barry, in our articles, companies today are not looking for jack-of-all-trades. They're looking for the king and queen. And so this helps you focus on making you the king or the queen in any job interview you get into instead of the jack-of-all-trades. Excellent.
1: Excellent. The second component of that eight-point success matrix, that self-assessment we've been talking about, is having an effective personal branding strategy. How do you brand yourself online? Barry, you're breaking up a little bit. Yeah, say it again because you're breaking up a little bit. I probably sound a little bit like a uh, Verizon commercial. Can you hear me now? Personal branding is the second. Okay. Did we lose you, Barry? No, I'm still here. Welcome to live radio, right? Can you hear me okay? Go ahead. Yeah, give it a shot. Go ahead. Just talk. Okay. Uh, The second element is having an effective personal branding strategy, something you would do both online and offline. How do you present yourself? Uh, What is it you want to say about yourself? Is all your profiles online? Uh, consistent with that? Do you have an effective 30-second elevator speech? Does your business card tie into that? What do people remember you by? Do you have a comprehensive, integrated approach to really creating a brand about yourself and portraying yourself to the outside world? That when people see you in person, when they see email correspondence from you, they see your business card Letterhead. They see uh, your Google profile. Is all of that consistent with what you're trying to convey and about your job search and the kind of role you're seeking? And there's a lot of different elements to that piece, but we lump them all under the category of what we call an effective personal uh,
0: branding strategy. Yeah, I don't have anything to add to that. I think you've got to differentiate yourself. It goes back to what I just said, you know. You can't be the jack of all trades, so you better have something that makes you unique, uh, or you're just one of everybody. You know, companies are not looking to hire commodities right now; they're looking to hire people that uh, can uh, th- that that are unique and that uh, provide that extra resource and talent that they're looking for.
1: And, and part of that personal branding strategy is almost like a PR campaign, a marketing campaign, is what is it that differentiates you from all the other people that are going after the same job you're going after? Brad, I know this next one is is one that's close to your heart. and uh, by, by close to your heart, I mean it usually gives you a lot of heartache when you talk to candidates, and that's having an effective plan of action for offline networking.
0: Yeah, again, it goes back. We talked earlier in the morning, earlier this show. Uh, you know, it's, it's run around, beat every, every person on the planet. Uh, the best networking groups to go to are the ones that have 300 people that show up at them, uh, you know, get a lot of business cards, and basically, at the end of the when we die, who has the most business cards? Wins. Totally ineffective. A hundred business cards of people that know you and know all about you and are your, what I call sales reps is worth 1,200 business cards of just contacts. The key to networking is taking a contact and making that connection, and that connection making it a relationship. If you do that and you get 100 people in your community who are your salesperson, I always say, here's the test. You want to do that? Here's the test. If Barry or I as recruiters call or outside looking for someone, would we find you within five phone calls? Would I have to only talk to five people and say, I'm looking for a person with X background. And after five phone calls, you're so well-connected somebody's going to say, oh, have you talked to so-and-so? You should really talk to someone. so That sounds exactly what their background is. Um, so I suggest that when you're networked enough that you're going to be found by at least five people within that period of time. That tells you how well-networked. You are well Brad, I think there 's even a deeper issue here is I think a lot of candidates
1: a lot of candidates have fallen back on thinking that networking is spending six hours a day on the computer on Facebook and LinkedIn uh, and answering online ads um, and doing research on companies and there yes, those are all important components of your job search but Probably the, one of the most important elements is you've got to get out of your office, and you've got to go out and press the flesh, and you've got to build, as Brad said, personal relationships because people, casual network contacts will not help you in your job search as much as a deep personal relationship. People will only Keep help others.
0: Sorry, Brad, you broke up a little bit. No, go ahead, Barry. I thought you were finished. Go ahead. People will only – go ahead. You finish up.
1: I was starting to say that people will only help you when they know you well and they want to go out of their way to help you. And there's just – there is no substitute for meeting people for cough, pressing the flesh, seeing people at networking events, and getting
0: to know them on a deep level. I would just leave the network with one thing. I always ask yourself, remember, it's not how many people know you. It's how many. I'm sorry. It's not how many people you know. It's how many people know you.
1: That's a very good point. Okay, our next element is online networking and having a good strategy to ha- for how to use online networking, and and this includes participating on LinkedIn, Facebook groups, forums. Writing a blog, getting to know others, starting to move those those casual online relationships to something at a little deeper level, and then moving those to more of an even more intimate level where you get to know people through picking up the phone, talking to them, meeting them for a cup of coffee, seeing if they could help you uh, we've got a number of statistics guidelines, metrics in our uh, previous blogs and online radio shows that talk to this. Uh, We even mentioned a few of these on The Matrix. The key point is you want to have a separate plan of action for what you're going to do in terms of online networking versus what you're doing offline. Most of the job search consulting that I do when I look at someone's online set of contacts, whether that's in Facebook, LinkedIn, um, the relationships they have with people, it, it, it is so ineffective that it doesn't matter whether they've got 400, 500 people. Those people will never generate an abundance of referrals, of job leads and referrals, because they've got the wrong group of, of, of contacts or people they're connecting with.
0: Yep, no Brad, the question. next item – Go right ahead.
1: Ray, let's go to the next one. All right. The, the next item, and I'm going to throw this one back to you, is
0: developing a success-based resume. Well, that's real simple. I mean, I think it's uh, a common mistake that uh, I see all the time when I work back with candidates and say, "Why isn't she, you know I'm not getting any information? I'm not getting any interviews. I'm not getting. Any- I send out th- I send out ten thousand resumes. I've got any interviews? Well, you look at their resumes, and it's vanilla. That's generic. It goes. It ties in with everything we said. I mean, the thing about a job search, Barry. Each of these steps is not independent. They're all linked together. And like anything, the the weakest link in the chain determines the strength of the chain. And the resume is the same. You've you got a great generic resume, you're going to get great generic job offers. Unfortunately, nobody's offering generic job offers today, so you're on the job market for a year. You need to have what we call a success-based resume. And it may be multiple resumes for multiple people. Maybe there's a success-based resume defining success, accomplishments, basically. What are the great things you've done? Maybe one's by industry. Maybe one's by function, maybe one targets specific accomplishments you 've done that align with that company it 's marketing in our book we call it we don 't call it a resume. we call it a marketing brochure because we want you to think of your resume as marketing. Apple, one of the great marketing companies in on the planet, has multiple ads for the iPad they have multiple ads for the iPhone because they know. Different things motivate different buyers. Same with your resume. Company A may be looking for someone with great systems background. Company B may be looking for someone with great sales management background. I don't know what it is, but your resume should focus on a laser beam with those and define the success you've had with systems. And another resume may define the success you've had with Sales management, both are truthful, both are 100% honest, but they target different areas of your background because most executives bring a variety of expertise to the table and you need a success-based marketing brochure resume to ensure that each company is targeted the way you want. Very good point. The
1: next item we've touched on already, so we won't belabor this one, and it's about phone interviewing preparation. And As I said earlier, most people approach it from the seat of the pants, kind of wing it, my background speaks for itself, and as a result, if you're really honest about it and you look back over all the phone interviews you've had, I'll bet you're getting very few callbacks to come in and sit down and have a physical interview. As I said, one of the most popular chapters of our book, we actually have it up on our website. You can download it for free. It's on phone interviewing using a precise preparation technique we call dressing up. Um, And it's in that book workbook we wrote called This Is Not The Position I Accepted. As I said, the great news is you can download that thing for free. If there are only one or two tips in there that help you to... Get to the stage of a a face-to-face interview. It was probably worth the, the, I don't know, 45 minutes, the hour it took to read it. Um, But you just can't afford to spend a year on your job search, working your heart out, get to the stage of this is the first phone interview I've had in two months, and then blow it at that stage and never get a chance to really prove and show who you are. The last, uh, the second to last item, Brad, I'm going to uh, put back in your lap, and it's
0: face-to-face interview preparation. Well, I got to go this quickly because we only got a minute left here. But basically, it's just that. I mean, how much time have you prepared? Actually, scripting out answers. I haven't met one candidate yet that scripts out answers. They know all the questions are going to be asked. So, what do they do in the interview? Well, I'll just wing it. I thought, oh yeah, I've done this. this, okay, I'll, I'll just talk about that. You know, no professional goes on stage or puts a uh, a presentation together without script i often ask candidates executives how do you ma- if they make board level presentations and if they're a true executive they say yes and i ask them, well, how much time do you prepare for that presentation and now 10 15 20 30 hours how much time have you prepared for an interview an hour or two i research the company and i'm ready to go no you're not Have you scripted out answers to the common question you're going to get? Do you know what they are? Even if you just by doing this, you're so well prepared when the interview comes up, you know what's going on. And so most candidates don't spend any time really preparing and scripting out answers.
1: That's that's an excellent point, Brad. And again, it's the same thing as the phone interview. You've got to be prepared. Uh, Finally – and, and we won't spend a lot of time on this one, is really thinking through all the issues of what's it going to take to get that offer once you're into that interview process. The preparation and rehearsal that goes into negotiations on expectations, compensation, benefits, rewards, cultural issues, the opportunities. And many candidates get to this stage in interviewing where they're just not prepared to move it to the final stage. It, it's more along the lines of they're just in there kicking the tires and... and For that reason, many deals fall apart at that stage and they don't get to the final uh, offer opportunities. Seven key items, the the eight key items of really thinking through how do I put together an effective job search to significantly reduce the time it takes to find a great opportunity. We've talked about the wealth of resources that are available on our website. Brad and I want to wish you much success. Notice we did not say luck in finding an opportunity very quickly that is a a great job um, that you've been looking for and you can bring your job search to a close. I hope you download the the matrix, uh, send it to us. We'd love to see it. Uh, And by all means, if you have any questions or thoughts, you're welcome to email us and we'll try to address those uh, either through our blog or directly. With that, this is Barry Deutsch and Brad Remillard saying we'll look forward to seeing you next time when we'll be doing another program here on L.A. Talk Radio Live on how to conduct an effective job search.
0: You're listening to Impact Hiring Solutions with Brad Remillard and Barry Deutsch, only on L.A. Talk Radio.